0: We are Shell, Shell and, and Aaron, Aaron Odom, Odom, founders of A Radical Relationship. Our testimony is one of redemption from divorce, addiction, and witchcraft. Here at A Radical Relationship, our mission is to empower men and women to go deeper in their relationship with God, self, others, and their calling through self-examination first. Let's get into it.
1: All right lovely people. It is Shell here with you all today. This is being recorded on Mother's Day, Sunday, May 14th, 2023, which is not typically a recording day, but I felt like it. (laughs) I felt like it. And some of the things that I want to share are um, a part of just what God is doing with me in this season Um, and just wanted to share my heart typically especially when it comes to the podcast episodes I write them out and I'm super intentional about what we're talking about and I won't deviate from that much in the future but this one just felt like a I just wanted to get on here and rap with y'all. Aaron is out of town this weekend, so I have a little bit more alone time than I typically would. And he's enjoying some um, friend time in Clarksville. Uh, So, yeah. Today has been a good day. Um, I just got back from a church service over at Pioneer Church uh, listening to a sermon from Tasha. Um, By the way, if you're in Memphis, Tennessee and looking for a church home, check them out. PioneerChurch.com, Pioneer Church Memphis. Google them. And um, that was a really great sermon. She uh, looked at um, the passage of scripture in Genesis, where Abraham was called to sacrifice his son Isaac, which didn't make sense because Isaac was the one through whom which the promise was coming through. Abraham had been promised by God that he was going to be a father of many nations, and that his descendants were going to be as numerous as the stars, and so. Isaac, his son is finally delivered through Sarah at a young age and now he's being called to let her let him go and not just let him go but to actually sacrifice and kill him himself. And so one of the things that stuck out to me that she mentioned in that sermon, that passage of scripture for reference is Genesis 22 1 through18. And one of the things that she mentioned in that sermon was, Are you going to make the promise your idol or are you going to look to the promise keeper? Hello, somebody. Okay. Are you going to make the promise your idol or are you going to look to the promise keeper? And that one hit home and it was the inspiration behind me doing this video and podcast because That's what God has been dealing with me in this season of how to take my eyes off the promise and put my eyes on him, the promise keeper, because he he got me. He's got me. The promise is the promise is the promise that doesn't change. There was also another scripture that someone shared with me. Um, Let me find it. One second. Yes. It says in Proverbs twenty one thirty one, the horse is made ready for the day of battle, but the victory belongs to the Lord. This idea of I'm going to do what it is that I need to do to prepare, but God is the one who brings the victory. And so for me, um, just keeping it one thou, wow. My struggle has been with my ministry. God's ministry, a radical relationship that I don't feel like I've been seeing the fruit that I expect to see, um, not just because of my hard work, but because of what God has promised (laughs) that is supposed to look like. And so I'm like, the promise ain't promising. (laughs) Did I miss something? And so all this year, I've um, taken a step back just to start to revisit and ponder this idea of what what is it that I put my hands to with this that God never intended me to put my hands to? What are the ways that I've taken control of this situation? How do I take a step back and really seek God for more clarity and vision of what He is calling me to and not just, okay, He gave me the promise and some vision and I've come up with what I'm implementing, essentially. And so I talked a little bit about that in um, the first couple of episodes of the podcast where uh, we talk about the first episode, what is a radical relationship? And in that episode, we detail a little bit of what the vision is and how it's looking different these days from where we originally started. Part of that is, um, in seeking God earlier this year, he reminded me one that I'm called to ministry first, not to business. And so now I'm thinking about a radical relationship, even the coaching services that we offer. I'm thinking about this as a coaching ministry, not a ministry with a coaching business. A radical relationship is a coaching ministry. And so if I'm approaching this as ministry first, even through the coaching, how does that inform how we go about doing the coaching and offering the coaching and all of that? So some of that revelation has come just in redefining coaching as discipleship and accountability. Um, even though coaching is a kind of secular word that is popular right now and widely recognized that a profession that's becoming more recognized, for me, doing Christian coaching and building this ministry, coaching is discipleship. And so if you don't want to come here to partner with Jesus for your success, you don't want discipleship. <laughs> so just figuring out, you know, what it looks like to walk with people in that way. And, and we don't only work with people who identify as Christians, because I do think there are opportunities to plant seeds that we hope that the Lord will grow with non-believers, um, but but anybody coming to work with us understanding this is the rock on which we stand, period. The second thing that the Lord had really been dealing with me on was that, um, you know, I'm, I'm called to be a CEO. I'm called to build. And I get really caught up in doing the things um, as opposed to building the thing. And so now I'm taking a step back to say, what does it look like to focus more on building as opposed to being the literal hands and feet in some of these different positions? And for us um, here at A Radical Relationship, that looks like coaching, that looks like content, that looks like community. So I'm trying to do it all, right? I'm trying to be the coach, I'm trying to be the builder of community. I'm trying to be the content producer and I'm trying to be the CEO. And so God is like, no, I called you to be the CEO. So with that, how do I step back and say, okay, who comes alongside me in ministry, in this ministry that I'm called to build, to help me build community, to help get the content out, to help me with the coaching. And so we have, um, A coach who has come alongside us, Adalie Bell, praise God for her. Um, Community individuals coming alongside me and community is the next step. I've been seeking God about that, praying through people who are on my heart that I feel are fit for that. And we'll be taking that next faithful step soon and then the content will come. So right now um, I'm doing the community and I'm doing the content. And so. Um, yeah, that's, that's another thing that God has been dealing with me on. And then, um, the third thing and most recent thing has been that, um, when I got my master's degree in organizational psychology, I, uh, wanted to work with churches at the time. I felt that it was going to be small churches, um, really just helping them build a fruitful culture. And so over time, you know, I, I kind of put that on the back burner because I'm focusing on this one-on-one coaching aspect of a radical relationship. But lately, that whole consulting piece and that organizational psychology piece has been coming back up for me. And through some different things that Aaron and I have been experiencing and things that the Spirit has been placing on our heart and what it looks like to partner with churches in different ways, that's come back up in a real way. And so that's an area that I'm still exploring right now with the Lord, but I do think he's revealing more and more of what that is going to look like. And so I've I've just been taking a lot of notes mentally and physically with the revelations that the spirit is putting on my heart so that I can have a clear direction forward of, okay, and now this is what I'm being called to in this space. Ultimately, I think that what that's going to look like is Aaron and I as CEOs of a radical relationship, being able to partner with organizations specifically around cultures of discipleship and what biblical measurements of success look like. And not to just be a church for church's sake, not to just be an organization for organization's sake, but to truly be uh, growing in the area of discipleship, specifically with churches and then with organizations, um, just healthy culture, whatever that looks like, whether Christian or not Christian. Um, overtly. So that's cool. And that's good. And so in the midst of all of these different things that the spirit has been dealing with me on, I've started back reading a book called An Unhurried Life that I read a couple years ago, um, in an effort to just get back to Jesus's model, um, in an effort to cease striving and um, to just kind of pair that with this this, um, tug that I already felt just to be getting back before the Lord. I'm reminded that, um, the Bible says that unless the Lord builds a house, the builders labor in vain. So I'm like, man, I don't want to be laboring in vain. And so I'm starting back reading this book and it's talking a lot about how Jesus did ministry and how, how unheard he was and how, um, Jesus was just not pressed. And this morning I was reading about how Jesus, um, how he withdrew from the crowds and he never really made gaining a crowd his priority because we see in scripture how fickle crowds were. At one point they would be coming to him because of the power that he had wanting to see the miracle signs and wonders and coming to them for what they can get. But they were the same ones who said, crucify him. We'd rather have this thief (laughs) be released instead or whoever the other option was. And so crowds are fickle. And so that has been building a lot of conviction in me as well. Even as I continue to grow my ministry of what my own measurements of success are that um, Jesus's ministry Although the masses were attracted, the masses were not who he was focused on. He did what needed to be done as the crowds came to him, but he often withdrew just to be alone with the father and his immediate ministry only focused on those that he was building up to then be able to take his ministry forward. And so I'm feeling that in a very real way, especially as God has reminded me of my call to be a CEO, that for me, building something that lasts is about building up the people who can continue to carry it forward. Not trying to be the person one attending to all the things and not worrying about attracting the masses. Um, I'm reminded of that in Jesus's ministry, and I'm also reminded that about that as I look at the church in Acts that they did not grow because of strategy. They grew because what they What came with them was life-changing. The message that they were preaching, the miracles that were being performed, it was nothing like people of that time had encountered before. And that's how the ministry grew. That's how more and more people came to believe as word spread and disciples continued to fulfill the Great Commission The church grew and even today we're still seeing the effect of Jesus focusing on a few (laughs) on the original 12 and then things taking um, root and growing from there. And so I'm just in this space of really trying to be like Jesus in that way. Do ministry the way that Jesus did ministry, approach a rhythm of life in the way that Jesus approached a rhythm of life, um, yeah. And, and again, just be like Christ in that way. I'm also in a season of stripping off where I'm just giving my attention to um, the most important things and focusing on the things that I enjoy doing. And that's not to say that there are not going to be things that I have to do or I need to do that I don't enjoy because that just comes with the territory. But I'm not committing to doing things that I just don't want to do <laughs> and that don't feel like a part of the call because I feel like I need to in order for this thing to move forward. And so prayers for me in that um, for me to even just be able to have clarity and discernment around what that will continue to look like. And... um just for that continued vision for it. I'm excited. Um, I'm 30, I'll be 31 in September. And this, this repentance that God is granting me this mind change in these different areas, I think like, man, to be able to do the rest of my life this way is just going to be so fulfilling as I'm continuing to journey with God in this way, I've been continuing to mourn and grieve my twenties. Um, not just the truly traumatic things that happened in my twenties, like going through a divorce, but just what the twenties encompassed in terms of proximity to my friends and how much more things there were to do in terms of social things and just being more closely connected with people. And, you know, as you get older and everyone has responsibilities that just changes, but I'm realizing that, yeah, while I'm grieving what life used to look like, and there's a part of me that was trying to still cling to that because it's what I already knew this walk of discipleship in it, God is continuing to teach me how to walk with him and live like Christ and what that looks like in each season of my life. And, um, yeah, that that just has included needing to continue to grieve and to, to continue to surrender um, my idea of what a fulfilling life looked like and how many things I needed to have my hand in and what a fruitful ministry looked like and being able to be impressive, you know, um, because that was my 20s. <laughs> yeah, yeah, just keep it in a book. That was my 20s. And so now um, I'm just learning to place my value in things that are truly eternal that are not as outward focused, but um, are truly just communion with me and my Father. And so um, I don't know where all of you are and what seasons of life you may find yourself in. But I do know that no matter what season of life you're finding yourself in, there's um, a call to look like Jesus, a call to be like Jesus, a call to be a disciple if you profess to be a believer. And so I would just... um, Encourage you all to ponder that question of in this season of my life, how am I called? How am I being called to look like Jesus? If that's having a primary focus on my kids in this season or my, my home in this season, that I'm being called to serve like Jesus. Um, if you are being called to build something in this season, then it's a call to build like. Jesus if there um this is a quiet season then you're being called to seek like Jesus did to withdraw in order to be able to pour out to God and be filled up for um the next thing. And so um if you don't if you don't feel like you know what season you are in, happy to have some conversations with you through the DM, through email, um just to try to help draw that out and to ask some questions that may be beneficial, so you can feel free to shoot me a direct message on Instagram at underscore shell Odom or shoot us an email contact at a radical relationship.com and just say, Hey, this is kind of what I'm experiencing in this season. Um, I'm not like sure where I'm at. Can you help me discern that, um, with the Holy spirit? And, um, we can get some questions going and some dialogue going, um, to see, uh, what the spirit might reveal there. So, just want to encourage you all with that. Um, I got on here just to share my heart, and I didn't know where it was going to lead. I just know that I wanted to share my heart with you all just about what the spirit is doing in my life right now. So I hope the couple of scriptures that were shared is helpful in some way, pointing back to Abraham and his sacrifice and keeping our eyes on the promise keeper. And then also that scripture in Proverbs of being ready for battle, but understanding that victory belongs to the Lord and that the Lord has to be the one to build it. Otherwise you're wasting your time. All right, y'all, until next time, I'm out.
0: Did you know that money isn't the only way that you can support an organization? A review goes a long way. If this podcast helped you in any way, or you just wanna support us because you know we're your people, then help us spread the word. Let the world know that you're rocking with us and you think they should too. Share the podcast, leave a review, follow us on Instagram, subscribe to our YouTube channel, hop into the Facebook group, you know, whatever suits you. Until next time, folks, we are out. Bye, y'all.